Show. I am Amanda Seals. Today is January 3rd, 2024. For some reason, it's National Chocolate Covered Cherry Day, something I have never indulged in. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I like cherries, but I feel like they mean maraschino cherries. And I don't want a maraschino cherry that's covered in chocolate. I feel like that's just like a conflict of sweetness. Uh, so I'm not sure what that's about. But anyways, it's, uh, we, we, I don't like chocolate that much anyway. I am a dark right. chocolate kind of chill. I'm a dark chocolate kind of gal. Uh, and that's really in both chocolate and people. All right, keep it live right here at the Amanda Seals Show. We'll be right back. We got Black Urine News and why you bringing up old-ish. So let's get right into it. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn at the Amanda Seals Show. We're back at the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here, your favorite comedian and common sense specialist. Let's talk about New York's Clean Slate Act. So, Governor Kathy Hochul, um, she signed the Clean Slate Act, which allows ex-offenders to pursue employment and housing without being tied to their criminal records. Let's hear what she had to say. Too many formerly incarcerated people still face hurdle after hurdle when trying to restart their lives. Whether it's securing stable housing, a good job, or continuing their education, the stigma of a criminal record often follows them for life and holds too many back from reaching their true potential. This is right on time. Just yesterday, I was with one of our program graduates, an exceptional young man who inspired so many of his peers on Rikers Island. Since coming home, he's done everything right found a job, contributes to his community. He's a positive role model. I spent the entire day with him going apartment to apartment, landlord to landlord, while getting doors slammed in our face because no one would rent to him due to his criminal record and he is not alone. So that was actually not Governor Kathy Hochul. That was Lala Anthony. And you're probably like, why? (laughs) Like, why are we hearing from Lala Anthony? Um, Apparently, she has been a part of this initiative and this act will help Mm -hmm. remove barriers to success for individuals who are coming home from jail or prison in New York and clear a path for them to reach their full potential. Now, I wholeheartedly agree with this. I just feel like even if you're a criminal, you're still a part of society. I mean, it's pretty much society that made you a criminal um, (laughs) and you have a right to exist as a citizen. If you Mm -hmm. can be president in prison, why can't you vote from prison? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Like literally, we have had people who have held public office from prison. However, prisoners in many states I don't think prisoners in any states can vote. Um, like but while I know you're still that, in the pen. Yeah, like while you're incarcerated. But I know that there are many uh, states that have disenfranchisement laws that because you've committed a certain crime, you are no longer able to vote, which is absolutely mm-hmm. bonkers. And one of those things that I think people don't necessarily like attach to the endurance of slavery in this nation. And mm-hmm. it's like, if they're incarcerating more black and brown people and they have laws that say that those people can't vote, then what they're doing is diminishing our ability as a community to form and to operate within voting as true citizens. Like that's, it's, it's sinister. That's long division it's right there. You said what? <laughs> that's long division right there. She said. It's long division is what it is. Yes. <laughs> It's 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 very it's it has a quantum physicness about it in terms of its wickedness, but it is very very real. Um, and you know that's that's when I mean that goes back to post uh, Civil War. Like they were like, okay, Americans, mm-hmm. everybody is a citizen now, and then they were like, wait, 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 but but not them. No, we still don't. I mean, you right. you know, you just like kind of a citizen or whatever, whatever. So the act will seal certain criminal records following a person's release from incarceration. And the ceilings of the, re- the ceiling of the records is on the condition. Now here's the thing. The ceiling of the records is on the condition that the individual convicted of the offense has not committed any additional crimes. Mm. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think um, it's like if you... If your crime isn't like related to housing, <laughs> like should you know housing. what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I think of course there's other people. Then there's people who are like, well, no, like I don't want to live next to criminals. Um, I mean, 
y'all, we live we living with criminals all the time that we don't say. know. <laughs> Listen, there's a criminal in the White House right now. Okay, <laughs> right now, a bunch of them just sitting up there, just saying, this is what we doing. Well, if the former president can commit crimes and still go to work, then we should be able to pay our debts and go to work, too. Mm-hmm. That's that. All right. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. The Amanda Seal Show. All right, y'all. What's good? It's the Amanda Seals Show. I am Amanda Seals, and it is time for us to go back, way back, back into time with why you bringing up old ish? Why you bringing up old? We are joined by the internet's favorite African American studies professor, Mr. Ernest Krim the Third. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for having me again, Amanda. Coming straight out of the shy, and today. Ernest is going to put us on to John Barry Meacham. He made a school on a boat. Tell us why this matters. <laughs> All right, y'all. So first off, I need y'all to understand this. 85%. That's the uh, liter- illiteracy rate in our country right now for black children, meaning that roughly only 15% of our kids can read at grade level. That's very disturbing. So I need us to understand what we did in the past to commit ourselves to education so we can employ those same principles today. So John Barry Meacham, y'all, was born in 1789, enslaved in Virginia. He was moved several times and during that time, he learned a lot of different trades. So he had side gigs, earned some money, bought his freedom. Then he bought his daddy's freedom. And then his wife, who he met while he was forced to move, was sold to St. Louis. So what you think he did? He went to St. Louis after, bought her freedom. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what you do. Okay. Put some respect on her name. Her name was Mary Meacham. During that time, he met a white pastor named John Mason Peck, who had a school for Native Americans. He helped Meacham get ordained as a pastor, and then he went on to start the first African Baptist church in Missouri. With that church, around the 1815s and 20s, he starts to educate our people. At first, white folks weren't tripping. But then they started to get nervous. And we know as history will show, it's for good reason. Because once we start to learn about ourselves and our past, then we can no longer remain slaves. So they start to ban education for black folks in St. Louis. By 1847, that's about 16, 14 years before the Civil War starts, they ban education for every black person. So John Barry Meacham is like, okay, I'm going to figure something out. He ain't just stopped Mm -hmm. because he had a mission. So this man buys a boat, all right? He takes all his supplies from the church and puts it on a boat, and it was called the Floating Freedom School. His main thing was he wanted to make sure that we had trades because when we gained freedom, we had to be able to build our own or also be employed yes. and make extra money. During that, he and his wife, again, shout out to Mary Meacham, they are operating on the Underground Railroad, so they're helping free black folks. And they also help free as many as 12 by buying their freedom, which is a lot of money. Like, I'm I'm just going to throw out a number. Let's, like, imagine you put 20 kids through school and pay for the whole thing in tuition now. You know what I'm saying? It's bonkers. It's Exactly. So this brother was so powerful with his education. He educated a brother named James Milton Turner, who fought in the Civil War and also went on to establish Lincoln University, 1866. That's the first HBCU in Missouri. So this man's legacy, every black person who has gone to that school owes John Barry Meacham that, right? This brother was so committed to the cause and what he was doing that he died doing what? What you think? Teaching? Preaching. Did he die like while he was on the pulpit? While he was in the pulpit. He died in 1854. Um, So he may have been about 65 or so. His wife continued his work until she passed away in 1869. John Barry Meacham, y'all. John Barry Meacham. Thank you, Ernest, for joining us. Where can folks hear more of your Black history knowledge? Yo, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, at MRCrim3. I'm on Threads. I'm on LinkedIn, too. I'm on YouTube, too. And at ErnestCrim.com. Hit me up, y'all. The education does not stop. It's 24-7. Let's get to it. All right, y'all. You heard it right here at the Amanda Seal Show. We'll be right back. We are we are we are the Amanda Seal show 
Justice. Yes, y'all, it's the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, and it is time for pop culture news. All right, let's get into it. In a conversation with Gail King about young thug and the use of rap lyrics in court, rapper Fat Joe admitted that that boy's a liar, that he has lied in 95% of his songs. 95%? I have a theory about this, though, but let's hear what he had to say. Okay. I've been rapping professionally for 30 years. I've lied in almost 95% of my songs. <laughs> I'm being honest. Lied. Lied. Like how? Just, what do you just, mean? I write like I feel that day. Mm-hmm. I'm just being creative. You couldn't build the jail high enough for the lyrics I've said on songs, which are all untrue. I'm telling you, I lied for 30 years of my life on music, just being creative and telling stories. How could you be charged for your imagination? The way that these cats is like, you're not going to indict me. (laughs) No, 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 no. I went on Gail King and said, I mean that. Would I be lying to Gail King? Come on now. I think that this is a very strong, loud and and, and wrong assertion. I think he's lying about lying. Actually, okay. Okay. Um, but I do think that there is something to be said for the fact that, like, a lot of folks look to musicians to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, i I would be I would be so disappointed if, like, I got to heaven and Bob Marley was like, "Yeah, don't know. <laughs> I didn't mean none of that." <laughs> like, There's no one love. Yeah, he's like, you know, I never sat in a government yard in trench tongue, absorbing the hypocrites and mingling with the good people we meet. That never happened. Uh, I was it was just something that I thought was creative. But, you know, we do know though that there are what were you going to say, Rita? What if he what if he didn't shoot the sheriff? What if he was lying about that? (laughs) He didn't do it. I mean, I think that. I think exactly. There was an admission. There was an admission made. As somebody who has dated rappers, Uh um, I think that most of the lying is done by those of us who are listening to the songs and just willfully applying (laughs) cognitive dissonance to the things that are being said in the songs. I know that I have dated rappers who would be like on record, like, I'm an hoes. I love all the hoes. I love all the hoes. I'm like, but you love me though, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) What does that mean it? So there's that. But I do, I do think though, that when we, when we hear cats on certain records, we know they're lying off top. Mm -hmm. Like, let's keep it a bug, you know? I mean, but then we also know when they're like telling the truth. So let's give some examples. Okay. Let's give some examples. First and foremost, we're not even going to start with rock. We're going to start with R&B. When After Seven said, I'll give you everything and more. All that I've got is yours. I'll give you everything. He said, I'll give you my heart, my soul, my time. My love is a fountain. I will be your earth. You're lying. Okay. Earth? You don't even have a fountain to give. Dang. <laughs> and you earth. got it. He said, I will be the planet upon which you are building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, I'll be your earth. That's a strong assertion to make to anybody that you didn't physically create. <laughs> Maybe this is a, a divorce song all the while. <laughs> Listen, He's taking everything. <laughs> these are the, the, the other parts about this, though, is I want to I want to point out that all R&B songs before like 2010. Mm-hmm. Right. We're all written within the two weeks of knowing somebody. The first two weeks of knowing somebody. <laughs> the honeymoon <laughs> phase. Honeymoon yeah. phase, all of it. And now all the songs are written in the first two weeks of a breakup. Like Bang. where you haven't, if you haven't got your, you know, your separation anxiety is really strongly there. Like the anger, you're, you're swirling through emotions. But anyone talk about I'll be your earth. He just got some new good, good. And he's really <laughs> affected strongly by it. Uh, <laughs> Now, in contrast, when Snoop Dogg said, rolling down the street, mm. smoking endo, mm. sipping on gin and juice, mm-hmm. laid back mm-hmm. with my mind on my money and my money on my mind, I believe mm-hmm. you, bro. Definitely. Yeah. I believe you. Yep. There's nobody more laid back than Calvin Cordes Brodus. Okay. <laughs> 
Because that man had a murder charge and still talk like this, okay? I would get bass in my voice if I had a murder charge, okay? But no, I'm still up here with it. I'm still up here with it. What do y'all think? Any Are there any lyrics that you have ever heard in a song and you immediately, like, it took you out the joy of the song? Like, now you, come on now. For me, it's Mob Deep. One of the features said, Blank couldn't touch me if he snuffed me. Well, that's not, no, that's actually part of being snuffed is that someone touched you. That's the thing. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And then in the same verse, he said, even take my gat to see my PO. No, you don't. Why are you lying to us? <laughs> Big Noid, that's who said it. You never took you never took your gat to see your PO. Quit lying. You you wore you wore a tie. Anyway, if you have any thoughts any on lyrics, hit me up. 1855 Amanda8. That's 1855-262-6328. We'll be right back with voting inventing. Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Back to the Amanda Seal Show. I'm Amanda Seals, and it's time for us to get into our 60-second headlines. <laughs> All right. First up, Donald Trump says he's going to be rewriting the rules for presidential power if elected for a second term. He plans on including deportation rates, tariffs and mass firings. Donald Trump is telling you very explicitly, clearly that he is going to be a dictator. He's not even pretending. He's saying the words. This is very clear. It is in your face. Do not act like you're not hearing it. I will talk more about it tomorrow on the show. Also, people leaving Michigan prisons will automatically be registered to vote thanks to a new bill signed by Governor Gretchen Whitmire this week. I really feel like Gretchen Whitmer be about it. You know, like, I mean, as a white woman in the Midwest, we don't expect much from her, but she really has been doing a lot to challenge these ridiculous situations that are in place. Yes. Also, congratulations to our queen, Queen Latifah. She's among the honorees for the 46th Annual Kennedy Center Honors for Lifetime Achievements in Arts and Entertainment. Go get, okay, Khadijah James. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, we have some news out of hip hop. Foxy Brown has declared she's preparing the greatest comeback in hip hop. Okay, Foxy. Good luck with that. Mm, that's gonna be a rough one for Foxy Brown. I don't know if she know how to how to maneuver in these new uh, streets. Remember, she was not an industry chick; she's an industries chick. <laughs> but uh, this is an industries industry now. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, those are the sixty second headlines, y'all. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn at the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up. We up. We up. show it's amanda seals and uh i am your favorite comedian and comments on specialist i can't even believe that it's a new year happy birthday to lloyd lloyd has uh you know i feel like he's always been just like a really cool dude but also just mm-hmm. he's in possession of some of the most lustrous hair that we've ever witnessed uh you yes. know just really really lustrous so shout Long out to hair, lloyd and his hair. Yeah, we just, I've, I've never forgotten it. I've never forgotten it. Coming up this hour, Rita Brent is back with That's Not My Ministry. So make sure you follow us on social media. Also at Seals Said It. Stick around to hear what is not her ministry and keep it locked to listen, laugh, and learn on the Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here, and it is time for another edition of That's Not My Ministry with Rita Brent. Not my ministry. Rita, what is not your ministry? Please let us know. All right. I recently saw a story about Krishan Rock, um, mm-hmm. who got some tattoos covered up on her neck of blue face. I mean, with, she, uh, she literally had his face on her neck, <laughs> like on her epiglottis. Yeah. And that was my reminder that getting tattoos, period, is not my ministry. I don't have any. Yeah, I don't want any. And I'm definitely not going to get a person that I'm dating their face or their name on me because you don't know if you're going to make it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if I get my ex-husband tattoo Like, that would have been crazy. But also, I feel like if you're going to get a tattoo on you, 
like something like that put it in an obscure place like a booty cheek like something that somebody is not going to see <laughs> you know what i mean like why would you get it there why would you get it there to show your man i feel like yeah i mean she literally had this man's face on her neck and she has said it was so that even if you, whenever you see my face you see your face like it was like I forgot like her reasoning and I was just like ah no, mm-mm. Mm-mm. So. no. Get, getting tattoos in the name of toxic love is not my ministry no. and also I don't think you should get tattoos period that just don't age well you know like if it's mm. st- it'll start off as a strawberry in your 20s but then it may stretch to a watermelon. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't get. <laughs> well, should. it depends on where you're getting it. I mean, if you're getting a tattoo on your like stomach and then you have a baby, you know, who it knows goes that. Yeah. From a tiger paw to a wolverine claw. I'm just saying we got to be more careful. All right. I mean, so, I have a tramp stamp, so I can't talk. I can't oh, talk. what? Now, where, what part phase. of the body is that? What part of the body is a tramp stamp? Yeah. I hear this so all the time, back. but I don't Lower back. lower back. Yeah. Yeah. Lower so back tramp stamp. If your butt gets. Yeah, my back ain't. I mean, I'm where I'm at. I mean, I'm 42 and it, <laughs> it has remained uh, pretty intact. But it did get bigger in just over time, just because when I was 18, I, has, I was still in the midst of my growth spurt. So, mm. yeah. I have six well, tattoos. Oh, wow. There is a big back movement. So just be, uh, <laughs> be aware. If <laughs> you get one on your back, it yeah. might go from a lemon to a banana. So There's again, that's not my ministry. Back yeah. movement. Oh, my God. <laughs> no tattoos for me. I'm good. It's not my ministry. <laughs> there you go. You got to know what's for you, y'all. All right. Well, we're for you here at the Amanda Seal Show. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. All right, y'all. We're going to head back to the class with Ms. LaToya. Luck it in the building. LaToya, what were you like as a kid in school? Were you like chatty patty? Were you shy? Were you raising your hand for every answer? Who were you in the class? I'm definitely went the one like walking to the front of the class with my pencil to sharpen it for the fourth time so everybody can see my fit. Um, I'm that girl. No, <laughs> I was definitely Miss Chatty. Like if you were new to the school, I'm showing you around because I've been there since I was three. You know, this is my teacher, <laughs> this is my favorite teacher. She be tripping sometimes or whatever. Everybody. Knew me around school. Everybody knew me around the school. I, I, I wasn't a bully. I wasn't a, you know, mean person. I ain't have beef with people. I was just like the cool, laid back person in school. But I can see you know that. I, mean? I can see that. I can see you in jean shorts getting along with everybody. You <laughs> knew I had the jean shorts I can see on. you in a skirt okay. getting along with everybody. I was. When did you start... When did you start tutoring? Because you, right? Oh, you had to get Great. tutored once once you were doing the, the music. We went one year of eighth grade, half of the year of eighth grade. Then we did kind of half the year of ninth grade. And then we were tutored from then, then on out. That was an experience. We had a, uh, so I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but we had an all love to her. I don't really want to say her name, but I just have to just tell you. <laughs> So imagine your first year of getting like homeschool and your teacher's name is Mrs. Private Part, like the X. Yes, but yeah. <laughs> so every time you show up to these four black girls and you want them to take you serious, mm. and it's not and happening because of your neck. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and anytime somebody wants to say, Mrs. <laughs> the classroom, the living room gonna rock with, you know what I mean? It just it didn't work out. She she lasted about three weeks. I don't even know if Hilarious. Y'all ran her out of there. How was it with y'all like having to be together all the time, whether you are on stage or also in school? Like, was there a different star on stage than there was in school? Cause I feel like that's a different like energy, this energy yeah. space. No, I mean, I felt like we were ourselves both on and off stage. Like our personalities, our personalities carried on to the stage as well. Um, and we just love to have fun. And I think with being homeschooled, 
they allowed us to bring our creativity, like we would make up songs for projects. So I remember there was this song, we were learning about the nucleus, the cell and all these different things. And yep. I bet if I seen this song, the girls are gonna remember. But we were able to take a song. I wanna hear song. the song, I wanna hear the song. We were able to take a song and we had to change the lyrics to, um, you know, kind of make sense with the development of a cell, right? Okay. So I think my group did, um, uh, 99.9% is the nucleus. Like that was our, you know, 1999. So we took the whole Prince <laughs> record and we dressed up like sales. It was like a, it was probably the oh, most wow. memorable school project I'd ever had. And the fact that that teacher like knew that that was going to mm, be a project stimulate. to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stimulate our minds. We were going to put all of our creative juices into it. We love music. Who doesn't love Prince? Like we, that was one of my favorite projects. I still remember that song. And I just, I, when we took the, our exam, I sang the song in my head to answer the questions. See, I love that. That's creative teaching. Yes. Creative exactly. teaching. Well, we love going to the back of the class with our guests and getting to hear about what y'all were like in school because we also love showing love to our educators. So shout out yes. to all the teachers out there and all the yes. teachers aides and everybody who is working hard to really shape our young minds. That's another edition of Back of the Class and this time with Latoya Lucky. Now up next, we got Professor Supreme. He's going to proctor a block quiz. It's a block quiz. Quiz, what it is, right here on the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. It's time for the Big Up Letdown on the Amanda Seal Show. It's the Amanda Seals Show, y'all. I'm Amanda Seals, and now it is time for our Big Up Letdown. Every day I give somebody props for some dopeness and blows for some whackness. So, Today's big up, big up. goes to the owner of this parked Kia Nero SUV who's about to get an unexpected car upgrade. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Ooh, them chestnuts is roasting on open fire. Creed three star Michael B. Jordan reportedly crashed his blue Ferrari oh. into a parked Kia Nero SUV. At the corner of Sunset Boulevard and North Beachwood Drive. Thankfully, the owner of the Kia was not injured. Okay. But imagine coming outside, seeing your car damaged, being distraught, like my car, <laughs> and then realizing it was Killmonger's car that caused the damage. I feel like right. that's the moment where you're also like, my back. You know, like, my back and my back. You're like, but you wasn't even in the car. You're like, but we're connected. When you hit the car, it hit me. It hit me. I felt like it. Like a tether. It hit my soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you I didn't even know my... they parked Kias and Ferraris in the same place. <laughs> Don't they park <laughs> no. But ma'am, you're not understanding. She, The car was parked. So he, I think he was, like, driving by. And like, it sounds like he's just like lost control. Y'all with these cars, yeah. these Ferraris. Anyway, <laughs> Christmas is about to come early. And uh, you know what? That key about to be a Tesla. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> but we're right. not getting Teslas because we are going to make sure to be conscious of what is going on in the Congo and yes. mm. the uh, the boycotting of anything that is utilizing the resources of the people of the Congo without the people of the Congo getting the actual resources of their that resources. Part. Okay. The let let down. Just as I know though, to go back to that, like I feel like in that moment, you also have to really like keep your cool. Cause if you, if you fan out, he right. can be like, you want, we can just take a picture. Right. Right. <laughs> You know, and then Let's he out. It's like, this. no, I need your insurance information. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today's let down. Today's let. Down. This is so distressing to me because it's so irresponsible. The letdown is that this woman chose this life. Okay, she chose this life. Kampala, Uganda, a seventy-year-old woman gave birth to twins. Mm. After receiving fertility treatment, oh, y'all, okay. this wasn't a this was not a nursing home accident. Okay, this was a planned effort. She had two 
babies at the same time at 70. The babies mm. are stable. They were placed in incubators because they had a premature birth. Surprise, surprise. We should have had my mom on to talk about this. My mom is a former <laughs> midwife. And when I tell you, she be so hot about the, 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 all y'all with all this IVF and IVB and IFC. <laughs> I don't understand. You're not thinking things through. Um, <laughs> wait, actually, that's a perfect time to use this. All these idiots talking a bunch of garbage. So <laughs> this woman had this child, those childs. <laughs> and guess what? What? The daddy done left. So you're exactly. also a single mother at 70? I know mm. single mothers at 16 that can't hang lit. I know single mothers at 30 that's like, child, 70? <laughs> that's a new it statistic. Just feels, it just feels really irresponsible. She said, men don't like to hear that you're going to have more than one child. Even after I was admitted, my man never showed up. Ooh. That's not your man. That was never your man. I don't even know if he knew that you were doing the, the fertility process because I'm so, I'm thoroughly confused. How Is anybody else? I, I'm confused too. You can't even drop the kids off at your grandma because your grandma <laughs> is at least, you know, 85. <laughs> and she's like, I did my time three times. <laughs> she probably, I wonder if she has kids. She may have oh. to have her kids babysit their brothers and sister. You know what? Oh my what? God. Oh, Lord, this is too much. There's so many levels to this. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm just like, good thing that you are in Africa because it is going to take a village. Mm-hmm. Please. We'll yes, be right I. back to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. What's up, y'all? It's Amanda Seals. And Jeremy, like the Bible. And you've reached the, the Amanda, Amanda Seals Show. We love hearing your opinions on the things we discuss. And that's why we love when you give us a call and speak your mind. You know what to do with the beep. Leave that message. This is Jeff calling out of West Philly. And um, I was listening to the radio station. You, you asked um, who would we rather see run in the presidential election. And me, I'm going to go with Jay-Z. Um, several reasons why I just don't want to have the um, I just don't have want to have the voicemail going so long. But Jay Z, I mean, he is, he does have political ties. Um, he's been around that for a while. He has good out views on um different subjects and how things should be ran and different policies. So I've been hearing him over the years. Um, he's not interested in shows, but. I definitely think he would be one of the top contenders for me. So thank you very much for taking my phone call. And you have yourself a good and blessed day. Bye-bye. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like Jay-Z's ever really presented to me as somebody who would be like a steadfast public servant. Yeah. I mean, I feel like one of the biggest critiques he gets is like he's a black capitalist. And I feel like we're in the era where people are like, capitalism sucks. Get it out of here. So I don't know if Jay-Z is going to take up the mantle to get us to the future. Yeah, I mean, I think he is, you know, somebody who, like, does support, like, I know him and Meek Mill, they support, like, criminal mm-hmm. justice stuff and reforms. Mm-hmm. You know, he's put money behind, uh, you know, projects like the documentary about Khalif Browder, et cetera. So, like, mm-hmm. there is efforts of, like, education and that's... Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that is... I don't know that that's indicative of, like, someone being a a, a worthy president or right. if it's just indicative of someone being... <laughs> A capitalist with a conscience, right? I mean, listen. Mm. If Jay Z is the president, who go do the super the halftime show at Super Bowl? We, he need to focus on Jay Z. <laughs> we need we need him to do that. Yeah, he don't have time to run for president. Well, there we go. We solved it. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> so Remember to keep <laughs> keep calling us with your ideas on who you would want to see run for president. If you don't want to vote for Biden and you don't want to vote for Trump, then who do you want to see? One eight five five Amanda eight. That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. The Amanda Seal Show. We up. We up. We up. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Wednesday, and as we start a new year, we've been sharing our favorite moments of 2023. I 
don't know what 2024 is going to behold for us. Uh, here in the text, someone wrote, I feel like 2024 is going to be a good year. That is TJ, our executive <laughs> producer, who is a toxic positive person. Okay, <laughs> Toxic positivity. I will not say those words because I feel like every time we're like, I think this is going to be the year. It ain't never the year. It is never. The last time someone said that, we lost Kobe Bryant. So And we had a pandemic. So I'm not saying it again. All right. Okay. We got Black Green News coming up. Remember, our phone lines are always open. one 855 amanda 8 That's 1-855-262-6328. You know what I'm going to say about this year? I hope for the best. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seals Show. All right, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. I am Amanda Seals. And it is time. It is time. It is time for another one of these. A story of Black joy. All right, hip-hop fans, listen up. So the song Paid in Full has gone from a classic hip-hop record to a simple backdrop of a diss track. And now the term Paid in Full has evolved from musical masterpiece to a vital institution dedicated to caring for hip-hop's legends, literally I love paying this. dues. <laughs> so the Paid in Full this. Foundation aims to provide financial support and healthcare resources to the forefathers and mothers of hip-hop, acknowledging their pivotal contributions to arts and culture. So Nas, we know you love him. You love him, Amanda. So shout out to Nas. He says, "I love Nas." Many of the most. In- yes, you love I Nas. Never, I don't you love Nas. Nas. You love. I Nas like the music. music from the early era of okay. Nas. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Nas says many of the most impactful original artists never received recognition proportional with their exceptional contributions to arts and culture. So the Paid in Full Foundation aims to rectify that through its grant making program, both honoring the people who built hip hop and enabling them to pursue their creative and intellectual pursuits that benefit society. So Nas introduced the first annual Grandmaster Awards, a platform designed to celebrate those who laid the foundations of hip hop, but did not receive or commemorated financial rewards. The inaugural re- recipients of the Grandmaster Award were the iconic figures in hip-hops like the God MC, Rakim, and Houston's very own Scarface. We love to see it. We love to see it. Also, like, them cats laid the foundation in a very, like, legit way, okay? <laughs> yeah. And they can still rap. I feel like if you put Scarface or Rakim on a record right now, like, they still gonna kill it, so... Big ups to organizing and, you know, putting infrastructure together to support our greats because they didn't just make music, they made culture. We'll be right back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. Don't go anywhere. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we show i'm amanda seals it's time for some pop culture news um all right let's go whoopi goldberg okay she's getting backlash (laughs) after suggesting that millennials and gen zers have poor work ethic before i before i say my my thoughts let's let's just go to the audio Listen, every generation comes and wants to do better than their parents did. Every generation. But I'm sorry, if you only want to work four hours, it's going to be harder for you to get a house. Oh, and don't mention four days. (laughs) No, but... You know, I feel feel for everybody that feels this, but I'm sorry. We busted our behinds. Mm -hmm. The one thing I'd say is millennials are statistically the um, first generation that's likely to do worse off than their parents. You know what? That's what they said to us as well. Every every generation is told you're going to do worse than your parents. And you know what? People pick it up and they do what they do and they raise themselves. And this is what you got to do. It's called being a good citizen. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Whoopsies. Here's the thing. Okay. Let me first start by saying that I think she missed the point when she was like saying that they would be worse off with their parents because than their Mm -hmm. parents, because if they're only working for five hours a day, you're not going to get a house. The Mm -hmm. idea is that you should get paid the same to work the four to five hours a day. That's the idea. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I think the real thing is... So many folks just get so trapped in like the system that has been designed for them that they mm-hmm. don't imagine a better option. And they somehow tell themselves that like, yeah, this is what it should be. And if you don't think this is what it should be, then how dare you? Who do you think you are? There definitely is a difference in work ethic between the millennials and seniors and Gen Xers. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't attribute it to them necessarily like, 
being lazy or like because they mm-hmm. want to work less hours or less days a week that they're not like trying to have effort. But I do think that there is something to be said for um, a general malaise around Rhea's nodding her head. How do I say that? Like, it's like a general malaise around steadfastness. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I get, okay. I get, I've, I've witnessed a lot of just like, oh, this is uncomfortable. So I'm just going to quit. Um, mm-hmm. Or, oh, like this just isn't um, ex- like every facet of this isn't exactly what I like. So I'm going to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I do think that that's kind of an odd way to look at life. Cause just like at the end of the day, like there's things that you like more than, than, than less and whatnot. And there is a dynamic that says that you have to do things to earn. <laughs> like right. that is a dynamic. I and I do feel is. like I get, I do get an energy sometimes of just like, I wish I just didn't have to do anything and I could still earn money. And I'm like, I know, girl, but. <laughs> you even mention like your mom, I would say even my parents who I guess would be like late baby boomers. Um, they're mm-hmm. like on that cusp. Like they have like a belief in the American dream. Like you work hard, everything's going to come to you. Like the society is going, you put your time in and the society will kind of give you back those things. Even Which though for black people that, it's not true. And I think this generation, like my generation and younger are like, wait, y'all keep telling us this, but we keep seeing how that's not true. And y'all want us to, y'all want us to still like have this, um, the rose colored glasses of capitalism. Like, yes, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to lay my life on the line. And they go say, you know what? We go, we go help you out. We go forget them student loans. We Ooh, go do it. Yes. <laughs> Some people are not autonomous. Some people are not mm. self-motivated. So you got to know that about yourself. Everybody ain't a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Entrepreneur. Everybody ain't an entrepreneur. And also everybody <laughs> cannot just like get themselves to like work. Everybody is not self-motivated. So mm-hmm. I've known people who are like, yo, I realize I have to work in an office environment because I need that structure to actually be productive. So, you know, the, the moral of the story is know yourself. That's the moral of the story. All right. And actually, and also, like, let's imagine a better future because this one was not even imagined with us in mind. So that's that. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. The Amanda Seal Show. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals. And it is time for us to get into these are our confessions. Celebrity confessions. Every week, a celebrity gets on the internet and shares a cringe-worthy truth. Hilarious hot take or just kind of something in between. And you know what? When they do, it's time for me to guess who is running off at the mouth. Jeremiah, like the Bible. What is today's confession? All right, Amanda. So this confession comes from an artist... Who said they done with alcohol? They are done with alcohol. So this past Saturday, mm. they went online and they posted a video and they said, <clears throat> it's official, bruh. I don't drink no more. I don't drink no more. I got I got my appearances, but don't give me no bottles. Don't offer me no shots. Don't do none of that. You offer me a drink from this point forward, I'm still in the out of you. It's simple as that. Now, here's my first question. Was okay. this in response to a scenario? Yes. So basically, they picked up their baby from their mom's house. And when the baby got in the car, they were throwing up all on the interstate. Throwing up. Okay. The baby was beside them in the car seat talking about good job. Good job. Oh, wait. The baby was throwing up. No, they were throwing up. Yes, yes. And because they child. had a hangover? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the plastic. And, and the baby said, good job, good job? Mm-hmm. As they were throwing up. Mm-hmm. So the baby has a frame of context for this. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, possibly. This sounds, sounds like, like a health uh, a DCS type of possibility situation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh because our resident parent is nodding his head like it does seem concerning um is this an athlete um it's not but i feel like this person definitely has like that same vibe although they're not an athlete okay are they the the audacity or the bodaciousness of a of an athlete ah i see i see um are they a rapper because that's bodacious they are a rapper okay they are a rapper and they're they picked up their child and they're not gonna drink anymore because they were throwing up and they told us about it which is always what amazes me you said it right the first time 
they picked up their baby. I didn't know that. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. Yo, this is so funny. <laughs> I mean, I would say this. I would say the behavior of throwing is it up baby? in the car. Yeah. <laughs> what is? It's the, the baby. baby. Not which not one though? Duh! also say that I was doing appearances when I had decided I needed to stop drinking and but I still wanted to like look like I was doing the thing it wasn't even that I wanted to look like I just wanted to feel like I was still in it so I'd have them give me like a bottle of aquapana because it's basically a champagne style bottle but just with water <laughs> and I would be yeah, in the booth like oh oh Soaking we'll on the right line. <laughs> this is the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal yeah. Show. We up, we up, we up. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. Oh, we speak the world on this We shine. show i am amanda seals and uh i'm your favorite comedian a common sense specialist if you had a favorite word what would it be and why my favorite word is rhythm that's my favorite word really my mother's favorite word i don't know why you care about this but i'm telling you anyway is surreptitious because i just i distinctly remember being a kid my mom informing me that surreptitious is her favorite word uh it means to do something on the low low which, I mean, I feel like she's not really surreptitious because even when she tried to lie, it's like, you're lying. Um, <laughs> she's not even good at it. So it's like, stop doing that. Anywho, we got Blacker News on the way. Uh, if you follow us on social media, make sure you follow us at Seal Set It. Start your year off with doing things like that. Following us on social media at Seal Set It. You know, making sure that you are, uh, if you're listening to us on podcasts, making sure your phone is set up to download the shows so that you don't miss one. And why not tell your friends, hey, if you haven't started listening to the Amanda Seal show start your year off right by doing so all right it's time to listen laugh and learn we'll be right back to the amanda seals show hey i'm amanda seals and it's time for the backspin the blackspin that is okay so all week we've been talking about the club okay mm-hmm. because our group chat topic of the week was based on the fact that apparently the gen zers are like you know what the club ain't hitting like nope. it used to be hitting. They see the old school pics, you know, the throwbacks, and they're <laughs> like, wow, like y'all was really in the club. And they're like, it's just, it, it, why doesn't it feel that way for us? And I got to tell you all, it's one basic answer because y'all got phones. Okay. <laughs> That's really all it is. It's not that we didn't have phones, but we didn't have phones with all these capabilities, you know, three mm-hmm. lenses on the back and all type of mess. We didn't have none of that. We was in the club. And we had a little flip phone, maybe. And you could maybe text somebody. But by the time you got the text out, the song is already done because you got to press the letter. You got to press the button four times just to get to the next letter. Yes. But I will say that what I loved about going to the club was that it just always felt like a high school senior trip. (laughs) Like, because it was like a community. Like you were just always running into the same people. You know, it was like you were... You were having like these these party moments that I never got mm-hmm. to have in like high school. You know when you see these these TV these movies of like right. the keggers and the house parties. Like right, I never had that. Um, but when I was in New York in my early twenties, it was just so fun to like go out to the club and always see somebody you know, you know, and 
then at a point when I didn't have to stand in line, that was even better because I was an MTV DJ. <laughs> then I was hosting at the club. And someone said on my Instagram that the club is like weekly prom and they're not lying. Like it was <laughs> a time, except we were wearing capris. Oh my God. When I think about the outfits though, I'd be like, ooh, child. And I had so many Kangos, so many Kangos. But it was really honestly like, New York at that time was such a special energy. And I cannot believe how safe I felt. I really felt really? safe. Yeah. Like, I mean, you would be at the club and you'd be twisted, but you would be able to get home safely. And I don't feel like it's necessarily the same at this point. Um, I think it's definitely a lot more dangerous. I feel like it's a lot more like people are just don't a lot more paranoid. And I mean, they I had rowdy music though. You had that rowdy music in your day. The Nucky Few Bucks, all of that's going on. It's we have rowdy music, but like Nucky Few Buck and all that crunk music, like it was more just like energy versus like sinister. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like <laughs> right. when you see like all the stories you hear about being roofied and having to watch your drink, like uh-huh. you definitely needed to do that. But now it's just, it's like on a whole other level, right? Mm-hmm. It's on a whole other level. So I was also DJing in the club. So that was the thing too. Like just being able to, really like get my DJ chops on and know what record needed to come next to make the crowd go, oh! Then I took it to live painting in the club. Okay. So I used to live paint (laughs) in the club. Shout out to my homeboy Pesu, who we used to partner. And they would literally have like a little stage in the club and we would have a canvas and like the club is going around, going on around us while we are painting a piece. And by the end of the night, we would finish the piece and sometimes somebody would buy it. Sometimes they didn't. But like, these are the times. These are the times we all wish for. It was a time. It was a time. What's, what's the top three club bangers of that era? The top three, the top three club bangers of that era. Okay, first of all, when Jeezy came out, it was curtains. Like it was, um, what's the song I'm thinking of right now? Jeezy and Jay Z did the remix. Uh, It was, it was. I just remember like that being a thing. Also, your man Fifty Cent had the club on ten million. Okay, (laughs) like it was a whole situation. and I would say, I mean, I'm not just, I'm not, this necessarily, it necessarily didn't last long, but like when Lean Back came out oh. and the whole club was doing the Lean <laughs> Back, <laughs> oh my gosh, like this was really, really like a, a moment. So I'm trying to remember the Jeezy song. First I'm going to stack money and then what? Then I'm going to hang down and then what? And then what? Yeah. Yeah. And then what? That was, that was a whole thing. It was just, it was it was a time it was a time and you know what I always say I was there I was there that's another edition of The Black Spin we'll be right back on a fun day Friday at the Amanda Seals Show the Amanda Seals Show 